We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon fans, what's going on? We're back like we never left, but we did leave. There was a, a little little weekend trip to Vegas, and then I uh, actually got came down with a cold. Uh, so my voice has been recovering, but uh, a lot has been going on. So I wanted to get on here um, and get an episode of the the podcast out uh, with you guys to to update you on some of the the latest on the recruiting trail for Oregon. And then we obviously had the big announcement of Will Stein as the new offensive coordinator for your Oregon Ducks. So we're going to get in. I'm going to have a whole episode just on my thoughts on Will Stein as an offensive coordinator. Uh, I think I'm going to try to do that tomorrow. So make sure you stick around for that. But in this episode in particular, we are going to be doing our Oregon recruiting hour. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the biggest names that we're tracking on um, the recruiting trail. So Appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Let me know where you guys are tuning in from uh, and definitely feel free to throw a comment, hop in that live chat. Let me know your thoughts on Oregon recruiting right now. It is a busy, busy time on the recruiting trail as we approach the early signing period, which begins on December 21st. So like I said, we had the big news of Will Stein being announced as the offensive coordinator officially by the University of Oregon, and uh, we've got some statements that we can read off of. Um, I kind of just have the press release here, so I wanted to hit on some of that, and then we'll get into some recruiting talk. So with all that being said, uh, let's start off with what Landing had to say about hiring Will Stein as the new offensive coordinator to follow in uh, Kenny Dillingham's footsteps after Dillingham took the Arizona State head coaching job, as we all know. Landing says, quote, I am thrilled to welcome Will, his wife, Darby and their newborn son, Joey, to our family here at Oregon. In our search for to find the absolute best fit for the University of Oregon, we committed to a detailed search for the right person to lead our offense. Will is that person. He is a passionate and innovative coach who consistently finds ways to maximize his personnel. Will has done a great job developing dynamic quarterbacks in his career, and he is able to see the game through a different lens as a former quarterback himself. He is a tremendous teacher and a tireless worker, and his focus on the student-athlete experience aligns with our philosophy here in Eugene. I am excited to see our team and offense reach new heights under his leadership and direction with our entire offensive staff. So as we know, Will Stein comes over from the University of Texas at San Antonio, where he served as the co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach this year, um, which was his third year on the staff at UTSA. He came to UTSA in 2020 where he served as the pass game coordinator and wide receivers coach. And then before that, he got, his, he got his coaching career started at Louisville, where he played college football as a quarterback. Uh, and then he spent some time on the Texas staff, as well as on the staff at Lake Travis High School, which is in Texas. During his time on the staff at UTSA in 2022, most recently, UTSA ranked number nine nationally in total offense at 486.1 yards per game, number 12 in scoring offense at 38.7 points per game, and number 12 in passing offense at 308.6 yards per game. The Roadrunners scored 30-plus points in 12 of 13 games and 40-plus points in seven games, including 48 points and a dominant win over North Texas to take home the Conference USA Championship. 
So there's a lot of good numbers that we're looking at here with Will Stein. And then I'm going to get to Will Coach Stein's statement here. He said, quote, my family and I are extremely grateful to Coach Landing and the Oregon administration for this incredible opportunity. Oregon has become synonymous with explosive offense and dynamic playmakers, and I am so excited to be a part of such a powerful national brand. Coach Landing and the rest of the staff are building something really special, and I can't wait to get to work with these student athletes both on the field and getting to know them as young men. So, yeah, it's a it's a busy time for Oregon football with this the news of this hire coming on Wednesday. And um, I think we, we had um, some uh, some questions. Uh, I got a couple questions actually on Twitter uh, already, uh, a couple mailbag questions. So one of them is uh, relating to Will Stein. So I'm going to hop on that one real quick and just knock it out. This question comes from Curtis Winkle. And Curtis asks, a lot, of, a lot has been made about Will Stein's offensive mind, but do you have any background information on his ability to recruit? Yeah, so I think when it comes to recruiting, a lot of it really has to do with, you know, being relatable. And we obviously know he's relatable because he's a young coach. I believe he's only 33 years old. So that's going to be an easy box to check. But a lot of recruiting really just comes down to how hard are you willing to work? And a lot of times people in the industry, they, you know, you associate youth with being, uh, you know, a go-getter. And, uh, you know, someone who's willing to put in the work and the time on the recruiting trail, I think his his roots in the state of Texas are going to be uh, huge for Oregon. Um, we all know about the talent-rich pipeline states, California, Texas, and Florida. Uh, Florida's definitely a hard one to establish a pipeline into, seeing how, uh, how far away it is. But the Ducks did add a commitment from Janoris Wilson out of Lakeland High School um, in this class, that is. So they're working on that Florida pipeline. And then in San Antonio, uh, you have Tyler Turner, who's a 2023 safety committed to Oregon. So they, they already have a, a pretty heavy presence in Texas. The Oregon staff was, was there, um, you know, in, in these past week or so, working on some of the, the targets there. They just got Johnny Bowens out of the Lone Star State, a 2023 defensive lineman out of um, Converse Judson. So that was big. But I think really for for – Stein as a recruiter, I talked about, you know, being able to put in, being willing to put in the work, but look at his resume. I think his resume is going to be, uh, you know, kind of indicative of, of how he's able to sell himself as a recruit. We already hit on some of the numbers, the great numbers that he was able to put up at UTSA. Um, you know, he's been, he's been lauded as a, you know, an innovative mind. I think that's something that's really important in today's era of college football. Where do you go when your game plan doesn't work? Uh, how are you taking advantage of uh, of what the defense is giving you? You know, how can you come up with new concepts and, and you know put new wrinkles in? I think that was something that Kenny Dillingham did well, and and I think that this is a guy that's going to be able to kind of really help bridge the gap between Kenny Dillingham now that he's gone uh, at Arizona State. So I don't want to get too much into that because I want to get I want to have a separate episode for for that uh, that topic, just kind of giving you my thoughts on Will Stein as an offensive coordinator. But I thought that was a big, big uh, question that I wanted to hit on today, just about his ability to recruit. It's, I think, I, I mean, you know, his time at Texas, I think that is another thing that we can look at, his background, uh, his coaching background. Um, I believe that he was at Texas when Tom Herman was there. Um, I'm not totally sure. That was 2015 to 2016. Let me look up when Tom Herman coached at Texas. Um, let me see. Okay, he was the head coach for the Texas Longhorns from 2017 to 2020. Um, so it looked like there was a little bit of overlap, but I think that even though Texas wasn't amazing under Tom Herman, I think that they did recruit really, really well. So he has some of that experience at big-time programs. Programs, I should say. We are a program podcast, and um, that's why I think that uh, we should be confident in in, uh, in his ability to recruit. But I think his recruiting chops are obviously going to become very important pretty early on, right? Because now that Stein is in place, now that Dan Lanning has named Will Stein as the new offensive coordinator at Oregon, um, I would think that his first call has to be to Dante Moore uh, because he is the headliner of this class. Dan Lanning was in Detroit not too long ago to check in on Dante Moore during the uh, you know the home visit period. 
that we're in right now. I still don't know if if um, Dante Moore is going to be signing his letter of intent early, but I would imagine that that's what Oregon wants to do because you want to get your quarterback situation figured out, um, especially while we await an official announcement from Bo Nix. Um, I guess we could be expecting that sooner rather than later, seeing that Oregon plays a little bit earlier for its bowl game against um, against North Carolina uh, December 28th. But it looks like Dan Lane is expecting Bo Nix to play in the Holiday Bowl. But priority number one has to absolutely be um, trying to get Dante Moore to remain in the fold. Uh, and then also I think that his biggest recruiting battle becomes keeping Bo Nix uh, in Eugene and then, you know, trying to keep him one more year to, uh, you know, run things back and, and try to um, chase the national championship and just continue upgrading his recruiting stock or his, his NFL draft stock rather. So I think those are the two biggest things right now for Will Stein is getting Dante Moore to remain committed to Oregon, getting him on the phone, letting him know about your offensive vision, how that kind of aligns with his skill set as a quarterback. I think those are major priorities for Will Stein right now that he's officially the uh, offensive coordinator for Oregon moving forward. All right. Um, so I had a couple of things I wanted to hit on, but if you guys have questions, make sure you guys go ahead and hop in the live chat to let me know what questions that you have. And I'm going to try to get to as many of them as I can. So uh, yeah. And while you guys are here, make sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel. If you guys are watching on replay, go ahead and leave me a comment. Let me know what you're thinking, what's in your mind with regard to Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting as we near the early signing period here in December. Crazy that it's already December. I, I really can't believe it. Um, all right. So one of the big names that I want to talk about in today's episode of the podcast, let me see if I can pull up some of his huddle real quick. Because I've been tweeting about him quite a bit. So I need to get need to get the huddle up and then we'll go ahead and go from there. All right, the ad is playing. Isn't that crazy that Huddle has ads? That's just crazy to me. Um, we'll have to see if uh, if those go away anytime soon. But while this ad loads, I'll go ahead and just get my tabs figured out so we can hop right in. All right, so we're going to be talking about Solomon Davis, a 2023 athlete that has really uh, emerged on Oregon's radar here. I uh, got his highlights up on the screen right now. He goes to Charter Oak High School in uh, Covina, California. So in Southern California, kind of out in my neck of the woods. He just announces that he would be decommitting from Arizona on Tuesday. And um, that was really on the heels of uh, an in-home visit from Dan Lanning and the Ducks. Uh, so just the, the timing obviously looks very favorable here for Oregon with um, with Solomon Davis. In the 2023 class, he's listed as an athlete, but they really like him as a cornerback at Oregon. Um, he goes way, way back with uh, Coach Demetrius Martin, Coach Meat, who's obviously a Southern California guy. And I think you're seeing some of these, um, some of these connections in Southern California really, really paying off for Dan Landing and the Ducks, seeing that it's kind of just a strategic way that you go about building your staff. What's the talent pipeline closest to Oregon? Southern California. And that's why you have guys on on staff like Demetrius Martin, like uh, Rashad Wadud, who uh, was in Southern California prior to joining Dan Lanning's staff. Adrian Clem is another Southern California guy. We saw uh, Coach Clem was down, down in Southern California to visit George Silva at Fullerton College, Oregon's JUCO offensive line commit. So with Solomon Davis, I think the, the biggest update that we're looking at right now is that he's supposed to be headed to Eugene this weekend for an official visit with the Ducks. And, um, he also actually hosted Demetrius Martin twice uh, for in-home visits during uh, the last week. So Oregon is just really going full steam ahead here. <coughs> Excuse me. I might have to mute myself a couple times because I'm still getting over a cold. But they're really going full steam ahead here in the 2023 class. And you want to add guys like Solomon Davis because what was the biggest, one of the biggest weaknesses on this team last year, this year, feels kind of weird saying last year, this year, because they still have the bowl game, but one of the biggest weaknesses on this Oregon team was the secondary. So you add a guy like Solomon Davis, who is a very late riser here on the recruiting trail. And I think that that's definitely some of the things that, you know, stand out is, is definitely the ball skills for Solomon Davis. He's got really good athleticism. 
I think he kind of flew under the radar a little bit because Charter Oak just isn't that great of a team. So, you know, it's, it's harder to kind of maybe get some of that national buzz, but Oregon is, is looking to, to load up on defensive backs. I mean, they already have five guys in the fold, right? Tyler Turner, who I mentioned earlier, out of the San Antonio area, area, uh, Colin Gill out of the DC area, St. John's College, I believe he's going to be in town for his official visit to Oregon this weekend. Um, we'll talk more about this upcoming weekend later in the episode. You also have Cole Martin, Caleb Presley, who took his official visit to Washington last weekend. Uh, and then Cody DeCambra as well. I, I just stopped by and saw him in Las Vegas over the weekend. Uh, so make sure you guys go read my update there. He talked about how he's recruiting uh, Tretch Kekahuna, the Bishop Gorman wide receiver in 23, recent Wisconsin commitment. Um, he's recruiting him to join him in the Oregon 2023 recruiting class. And he's going to be in town this weekend along with Cody DeCambra for his official visit. Um, so that's definitely a significant update there. Um, but another significant piece of information here with Solomon Davis is that he just decommitted from Arizona on Tuesday, but he's looking to wrap this recruitment up in a hurry. Um, it's looking like he's going to be signing his national letter of intent on December 21st, and he plans to be an early enrollee at the school of his choice. And with all these positive developments for Oregon, I would wager that Oregon is in the driver's seat. I like them to land Solomon Davis uh, when he become when he makes his final decision. But there is another school that's in the mix for Solomon Davis, and that's Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They are one of three schools that has gone in home to visit Solomon Davis over the last week. We talked about Oregon with Demetrius Martin, with Dan Lanning, and then we also had Arizona go in home, and then Notre Dame sent a, a coach or two out to Southern California to visit Solomon Davis. So the official visit to Oregon right now is the only one that's locked in. But there is an official visit in the works for Solomon Davis to Notre Dame that following weekend. Still working out the details, hasn't been finalized, but don't be surprised if you see him end up at Notre Dame for a visit before making his final college commitment. Just talking more about defensive backs, we know that Oregon is still in the mix for Roderick Pleasant out of Gardena Serra in Southern California, as well as Dalen Austin, the 2023 LSU cornerback commit out of Long Beach Poly. Those are some names that you got to watch here. And I really like the approach by this coaching staff to bolster up, you know, some of these weak areas, right? You saw Christian Gonzalez just over the weekend. He declared for the 2023 NFL draft. And, um, and then you also saw that Jaleel Florence said he tweeted that he isn't going to be going anywhere. So super important to add as many pieces to your depth in the secondary. Bennett Williams is probably going to be gone. And we got to see. Uh, what other pieces are going to be on this roster come the 2023 season. We'll get a little bit of a glimpse at them, I think, you know, in this bowl game, the Holiday Bowl against North Carolina. So uh, it's it's important to see kind of how they're going to be able to show out and what this secondary looks like. It's probably going to look a little bit different once we get to next season. Dante Manning, Triquez Bridges, some names to, to know, obviously, uh, at the defensive back position going into next year. Maybe we see Jaleel Tucker, Avante Dickerson, Darren Barkins, some of those guys that have been on the roster, but we haven't really seen them break through to, to carve out too much of a, of a role, right? So I think that you know this is the the big update that I kind of wanted to just get on here and talk about. Make sure that I'm putting you guys, uh, you know, Solomon Davis on your guys' radar uh, so that, you know, once he gets out to Oregon, I'm going to have a full written update out probably tomorrow. I uh, spoke with Solomon today about kind of where he's at with Oregon and uh, where things are at in his recruitment. But like I said, Things could be coming to uh, coming to a close very quickly with him uh, intending to announce his commitment on December 21st at the school of his choice. There's another uh, some other points that I could hit on in today's episode. We've had a lot of names jump in the transfer portal, so I wanted to take some time to talk about them. But I'm going to take a quick little drink here. Man, my... Uh, my uh, my throat's just really dry today, but doing what I can to keep it rolling. Let's talk about the transfer portal. Let's talk about Oregon and some of the movement that we've seen in the transfer portal of late, you know, since the last time I hopped on here. There's been a couple of names that have hopped in the transfer portal, and I think the biggest one that hopped in the transfer portal that we know of, right, that has, um, you know, has announced it is um, Justin Flo. Justin Flo is, is definitely, I think, the, the biggest name 
that uh, hopped in the transfer portal for the Ducks. Um, you know, he's a former five-star signee. I think he's the number two all-time ranked commit in Oregon program history. But the thing with Justin Flo is that he, you know, he battled numerous injuries while he was at Oregon. And then this season that was his healthiest season as a duck. And he just wasn't really able to carve out a significant role. And the the main contributors at linebacker were Noah Sewell and, and Jeff Bossa. So you know, I, I wish I wish Flo nothing but no, nothing but the best. Um, but it just seemed like, you know, there were times he was caught out of position or he would over pursue, or he would just try to try too hard to, to hit guys. So it seemed like for, for him, you know, he had all the energy in the world, but the, the execution just didn't match where he was at as a player. So I know some fans are going to be bummed that he, that he's in the portal, but it's just how it goes. Man. This cough is obviously choosing to uh, show up at the worst possible time, but I know he was Flo is a big name. Was we'll I mean I have no doubt that he's going to have some some pretty attractive offers. Maybe he ends up at SC. I haven't heard that, but wouldn't be a surprise um, just given how well the Trojans are playing and the excitement that they have with that program and Lincoln Riley. Terrell Tillman was another guy that hit the portal and an edge defender came to Oregon in the 2021 class, but moved to tight end as a really athletic guy. Um, I think that, uh, I think that that's definitely a, a, a departure that doesn't hurt so much because he, he didn't really play that much at Oregon. Brandon Buckner was another guy from the 21 class that announced that he would be entering the portal. He's another edge rusher. Just didn't see that much playing time, but I was really excited about kind of the potential he had, you know, seeing that his dad was uh, an NFL coach and, uh, you know, definitely just one of the, the better minds in the business. I think he's a really technically sound guy, but he's another guy that, that hopped into the portal. And then you had Sean Dollars, Sean Dollars and Byron Carwell, both of uh, Oregon, two Oregon running backs now in the transfer portal. And um, this backfield is slated to look a lot different, right? You have Bucky Irving and you have Noah Whittington that are, that are there. But now uh, you, know, you also have Dante Dowdell in the 2023 recruiting class. You know, he's slated to come in here and then Jordan James is also on the roster at Oregon. So, We'll see if they're going to be uh, adding any more running backs in 2023. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that because we're going to be talking about Dante Dowdell later on in the show. Um, but I'm just trying to hit on some of the bigger names um, in the transfer portal from Oregon just as we continue to track uh, you know, guys that are on the move here um, away from the program. I'm going to go ahead and check my my story on Ducks Digest. We have our running transfer portal tracker over there, so make sure to check it out if you haven't already. Jackson LaDuke was another guy that hit the portal recently. I thought that he was kind of developing as a, a key depth piece for Oregon at linebacker. That was a little bit more of a surprising uh, decision for him, but you know, didn't play a whole bunch, so wouldn't be surprised if Oregon looks to add some pieces at linebacker in the transfer portal, seeing as guys like LaDuke uh, and Flo and Buckner all hit the portal this season, this offseason. Bram Walden is another guy that hit the portal, offensive lineman, former All-American out of the state of Arizona in the 2021 class, I want to say, um, for Oregon. So I think that he's a, kind of a, a bigger name that hit the portal. Um, he was in the 2021 class. <clears throat> so we're seeing these pieces move, and you know, new guys are, are already finding homes across the country. I don't think anyone that entered the portal for Oregon has found uh, found a home just yet, but I thought that um, I thought that um, it's just interesting to see how all this stuff is is unfolding so so quickly. Braden Swinson was another guy that entered the transfer portal. He got an offer from LSU, I believe, since entering the portal. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he ended up playing his college football back closer to his home state of Georgia. But um, you know, it's it's really just part of today's college football. And a lot, you know, Oregon, when Dan Landing got hired, he came in and, you know, there were guys on the roster that necessarily didn't fit, that didn't necessarily fit his defense or his style of play. So I think that while it's it's kind of a bummer to see these guys, you know, moving on to, to new stops, they're freeing up spots for this Oregon staff to find guys that maybe better fit the system and can ultimately help them feel the better defense. Okay, I had I'm gonna talk about real quick. I'm jumping all over the place, but just because we're talking about the transfer portal, I wanted to 
to talk about one of the newer coaches in the Pac-12, and that's Dion Coach Prime Sanders. I mean, that guy is just making headlines left and right. Definitely uh, good for anyone in the Boulder media market. You know, that team has been so bad for so long, and now they have someone to write about. And Dion Sanders might have the quote of the offseason or of the coaching carousel so far. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but it's all over social media, so you can go find it. It's it's Deion Sanders' first meeting with his players at Colorado, and he talked about the transfer portal during uh, during that you know little intro speech, and he said, "I'm bringing my." He's like, "We got a couple of positions already figured out because I'm bringing my own luggage with me, and it's Louis, like Louis Vuitton." And then he kind of went on, and I'm paraphrasing. He's like, "You know, you can go hop in that portal because." You know, for every one of you guys that hops in the portal, you're you're just opening more space for me to bring some pieces in. So, very very interesting way to to go about uh, adju- uh, um, to go about addressing your roster. Um, just being very very blunt and talked about you know how you know people we're we're gonna make some changes here once I get to Boulder because uh, the product on the field has not been up to my standards for you know the last twenty or so years. So I think that, you know, Colorado comes to Oregon next year. I want to make sure I'm at that game because it'd be sick to get to interview Deion Sanders and just think of the recruiting upside. I mean, he's already, he's already making big offers. He got a 2025 wide receiver or corner, I believe out of IMG as his first commitment uh, under, under Deion Sanders out there in Boulder. Um, Deion Sanders also uh, extended an offer out to Caden Proctor one of Oregon's top remaining offensive line targets in the 2023 class, five-star offensive tackle out of Iowa. We'll see if anything materializes there. I know that someone was asking about Caden Proctor, so we'll probably talk about him on the back end of the show once we get to some mailbag. Um, But I just had to talk about Deion Sanders because that was definitely a big headline uh, in, uh, you know, college football since I last got on here for an episode of the podcast. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here for those of you listening to us on the audio platform. Don't go anywhere. we got more Oregon football talk for you after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, and you are listening to the Oregon Recruiting Hour for Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Going to try to get into some mailbag questions now. Uh, so if you guys are here in the live stream or in the live chat, go ahead and throw a question my a question my way, and I'll do my best to answer it. So um, let's see. Um Let's see. Okay, Caden Proctor, uh, that was the the question, and I think some maybe there was another comment here. Uh, Nosy5 asked Caden Proctor. So, yeah, not a whole lot new to to uh, report on Caden Proctor. Um, you know, still committed to Iowa, but um, I think that, you know, just based on some of the people that I've talked to, there, there does seem to be some confidence that Oregon can still pull off this flip. Um, I think going into that visit against Washington – for the Washington game, that's when Caden Proctor was on campus. I thought that there was a lot of confidence that uh, something could happen as soon as that weekend or the the following week, but maybe things have cooled off a little bit, seeing that you know Oregon losing some of those games to, to end the regular season obviously didn't help them. It uh, hurt their recruiting momentum a little bit. 
because it's always easy to recruit when you're winning. Winning is the best recruiting tool. And then Oregon's offensive line has been stellar throughout the whole year. So I think even while it may not look super encouraging on the surface, I think just based on what I'm hearing, it looks like there's still some positive buzz on Caden Proctor. Don't have a date for a final decision, or I'm, I'm assuming he's signing early, but I'm not really sure. So we're going to have to see what comes out there. You know, he's a guy who plays his cards very close to the vest, doesn't do a whole lot of media interviews. So don't have a ton there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I can offer on Caden Proctor. William asks, any word on why Thornton bolting and where he'll land? Yeah, I think, you know, with, with Dante Thornton, just to kind of give my two cents, I feel like it kind of was a, a playing time deal, you know? That's what it comes down to for a lot of these guys. And he hasn't said that, and no one's told me that. I'm just kind of speculating and giving my my thoughts on this because with Dante Thornton, he you know got some playing time towards the end of his freshman season in 2021 when Oregon's wide receivers were banged up, right? You had Devin Williams declare for the, the NFL draft. You had Johnny Johnson unavailable, Micah Pittman unavailable, Jalen Red unavailable. So he got called on and it was him and, and you know guys like Chris Hudson and Troy Franklin. And you could tell that he wasn't necessarily ready at the end of his freshman season, but you go throughout the whole offseason. You know, he did a, he put a lot of work in in the weight room. I thought he really got his body right heading into 2022. And I thought he was in a good position to, to compete for a starting spot, but Oregon added Chase Coda, and it really felt like that was the guy that that kind of took those those snaps for for uh, you know lack of a better phrase, because Troy Franklin obviously established himself as the dude uh, at wide receiver on this Oregon offense, and then Chris Hudson has played some really good football this year, and then Chase Coda came in out of the transfer portal from USA and uh, from UCLA, and uh, really solidified himself as a steady option. And then Dante Thornton didn't really see that much playing time this season until Chase Cota got hurt. And uh, credit to, to Dante, you know, he did a great job making the most of the snaps that he did get. You know, he had long touchdowns. Um, he had a touchdown against uh, Washington. Uh, that was an awesome play. And then he had some crucial catches against Utah that if he doesn't come down with, I don't know if Oregon wins that game uh, over Utah, you know, with a hobbled Bo Nix that was just playing on one leg. So if I had to give you my two cents, I would say it was probably a playing time deal. He was a former top 60 recruit, I think, in that 2021 class, a former Penn State commit. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, going back, uh, back east, closer to his home, uh, home state of Maryland, you know, from the, from the Baltimore area. Um, maybe he ends up at Penn State. I haven't heard any buzz on where he'll end up. Um, but that's a recruit that I think uh, that's kind of, I think that's one of the more notable um, transfer portal guys for Oregon this season just because they're going to be losing Chase Coda and you just want to keep your wide receiver room stocked with as many weapons as you possibly can and it really felt like he was just kind of starting to find his place and find his role at Oregon um, but you know you never know with the transfer portal so Dante Thornton I think is definitely one of the uh, the loss the one of the more notable losses for Oregon so far in the transfer portal era in this season of the transfer portal um let's see what else do we have here all right there's the Caden proctor stuff um gerard asks do you hear much chatter from recruits about the transfer portal i would think recruits that are still deciding would put off their decision to see what a school does in the portal yeah no this is a good question that i, I haven't really thought too much about um but it usually doesn't come up too much when i'm talking to recruits uh, about you know recruiting um I think that we're still trying to figure out the the timelines and, and when players have to make their decision. You know, if these guys are going to be able to get to Oregon in time for like the winter conditioning program or spring football, like that's what happened with Chase Coda, I think is that he got to Oregon in time for spring football. So I think that we are seeing the transfer portal obviously have an effect on the high school rank and on, you know, on the high school recruits. And I think this is kind of a bigger effect that um, I wanted to talk about just with the transfer portal. You have the transfer portal now where coaches can go into the portal and, and get, you know, ready-made production more or less, right? Rather than taking the gamble on uh, a high school player. You have guys that are already is a lot of instances that have already played a lot of snaps at the college level and they're ready to just get in there and go versus, you know, having to develop a guy at the high school level. So I think that's one way we're seeing the transfer portal affect college football recruiting is that colleges, 
can in some instances favor getting guys from the college level because they're already ready to go. Um, you know, they, they know how things go at the college level. They're more mature. Um, I'm not saying this is the right decision. I'm just saying that I think this is kind of how things go in the era of the transfer portal. So that in, in tune or in turn kind of affects how many guys are able to take from the high school level. And it can kind of, I'm not saying this always happens, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's taking away opportunities from uh, high school recruits, uh, the transfer portal that is um, because so many guys are hopping in the portal. Not everybody's going to be able to find a home. Um, so it's kind of just a chaotic area era now. And um, you know, from a number standpoint, and then the 25, uh, 25 man signing class got uh, removed. You just have to stay within the 85 active scholarships on your roster. So roster management is going to become a huge thing for Oregon and, and all these other schools to manage as we make our way into the off season and, and the early signing period. Um, but you know, for the departures that Oregon's had, it's opening spots for other guys to come in. And uh, we'll talk about some other maybe possible transfer portal targets here later on this episode. But good question from Gerard. Uh, appreciate it for sure. All right. Um, what else do we have here? Mikey G is in the building. What's up, Mikey G? Um, let's see what else we had. Um Okay. Um, Raymond says, what will this Ducks team look like? Thanks, Max, for bringing us up to speed. Is there any help for the Ducks that can help in this year's Holiday Bowl? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, just as far as what this what this Ducks team is going to look like, um, I think you're probably talking about Will Stein as the, you know, being the new offensive coordinator. I think he's talked about taking eight shots down the field a game two per quarter. I really, really like that. So it sounds like Will Stein is going to be an aggressive play caller, aggressive offensive mind. I think Oregon fans are probably, probably a little bit hit and miss when it comes to, you know, aggressiveness uh, after this season. I think Dan Lanning and his staff were a total 180 for Mario Cristobal, right? You saw all the fourth down calls going for it on fourth down. Um, you know, some of the trickery, uh, and just kind of that was there was a deviation from you know some of the vanilla offense that we saw last year, the ground and pound with Mario Cristobal. But it seems like there's still going to be some ingenuity and some some uh, shots down the field. I think even if Bo Nix doesn't stay at Oregon, you have to have to keep that aspect of your offense because it was something that was missing for so long at Oregon. And recruits want to play in an offense that's going to take shots, that's going to give them a chance to take the ball and you know take the top off the defense. Another thing that Will Stein really likes is I think he has a hashtag on his bio: "Feed the studs, get your best players the ball, and get them the ball often." I think that's something that can carry over from Kenny Dillingham's offense. I know he talked a lot about getting the playmakers involved in space. We saw it numerous times this year. Uh, and, and Oregon's offense. So I think that that's another aspect of Will Stein that I really like. Just get your best players the ball when it matters most. Uh, and there's definitely no lack of playmakers on this team, but I'm sure that their Ducks are going to add some in the 2023 class, whether it be in the high school ranks or in the transfer portal. Um, and then as for, is there any help for the Ducks that, is there any help for the Ducks that can help in this year's Holiday Bowl I'm really interested just to see what the Holiday Bowl looks like because during uh, his last press conference, Dan Lanning, you know, talked about how um, how he wasn't going to ask the new offensive coordinator to hop in right away and, and coach in the bowl game. How rather it was going to kind of be a collaborative effort between Junior Adams and, and Drew Maringer, and then um, Jordan Somerville is going to be coaching the quarterbacks. So that's definitely a big opportunity for him. You know, a, num- a younger name on the staff that um uh that people don't know about too much uh another guy from from arizona um and a newer addition to this staff um so that's a big opportunity for him so the the holiday bowl i feel like is going to be a little tricky to evaluate because like i mean with all these new pieces i think that it, some people are definitely just looking to um just looking toward you know 2023 right but I think that 2020 uh, in the Holiday Bowl, rather, excuse me, I got to slow myself down. In the Holiday Bowl, it's an, an opportunity for you know some of these younger guys to to get involved. Seeing that a lot of people have already entered the transfer portal, um, you know, it looks like Bo Nix is expected to play in the Holiday Bowl, so we'll get to see him play at least one more game. Um, and then you got some obviously the running backs that are there, and um, 
Yeah, I think especially a wide receiver, right, with John with Dante Thornton hopping in the portal, I think you have some more opportunity there for some younger guys. Um, Christian Gonzalez opted out uh, of the bowl game, so you're going to see some of these younger guys at corner and the secondary get some very important snaps. Uh, we still haven't heard from DJ Johnson, but it looks like from what Landing said that he's preparing for the draft. So another opportunity for some younger guys like Trevin Maia to maybe – uh, you know, get some big snaps there. The Mace Funa on the edge. So it's, I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag, but it's, it's definitely a huge help that it looks like Bo Nix is going to be playing uh, in that game for the Ducks uh, because you definitely just need your quarterback there. And, and, you know, the quarterback room behind him now that Jay Butterfield's in the portal is, is very unknown. Uh, you have Ty Thompson, um, you have Marcus Sanders. Um, I think you have uh, Jake Van Dyke, I think is his name, Jake Van Dyne. Um, sorry, I don't know is his full name. Um, so the, the quarterback room is definitely just very much in question, I think. And not, not even, I'd say, just in terms of going ahead to 2023 because we don't have a decision from Bo Nix. We don't know what he's going to do. Don, uh, Dante Moore is still committed, right? But that's not over until you get his signature on that na- national letter of intent. And then now you have to see what's going to happen um, there. Um, I think that... You're in a, you're in a position where um, if Bo Nix goes to the NFL draft, you and you just have Ty Thompson as your your only guy remaining on the roster, assuming that he stays. So I don't want to speculate too much on guys leaving, but the future of the quarterback room is a little bit murky right now. But I think the hiring of Will Stein will definitely help. Will definitely help, um, kind of just bring some stability to the quarterback position and, you know, try to get some of these guys, uh, you know, locked in as far as their recruiting goes. So the timing of the Will Stein hire is definitely big for Oregon. Okay. What else do we have here? Um, question here when when's will stein's first press conference um i'm not too sure yet uh i'll have to keep an eye on the communication from uh you know organ the organ athletic department um we'll see when he uh you know officially gets introduced um i'm trying to think because when kenny dillingham got announced i don't think he had his own press conference we just got to talk to him after a practice during spring ball comment from mikey g you get free agency, you get free agency, everyone gets free agency. And if you look under your seats, you all get a free random medieval weapon. Please exit through the Thunderdome. Yeah, it's it's an insane time with the transfer portal. You know, a lot of people are comparing it to free agency. Um, we can talk about, let's talk about the transfer portal a little bit more because we got a question. So let me go ahead and pull it up. Um, okay. This question is from KBEZ 23. I believe that's my guy, Kendall got to meet him on sports chat 503, that live stream, but KBEZ Kendall, I think it's him, um, asked early potential transfer portal targets. I think the first one that comes to mind for me has to be Dorian Singer, the, uh, Arizona core, uh, Arizona wide receiver. Um, he was just an absolute playmaker, difference maker in 2022, 66 catches for 1,105 yards and six touchdowns, average 16.7 yards per catch. So he was just on an absolute tear the entire year. Um, only had three catches for 56 yards against Oregon this season, but I think that he is just a huge, huge playmaker, had an awesome season at Oregon and probably saw that, um, saw that he had an opportunity to go somewhere else and, you know, play some big time football. This is a really talented playmaker and Arizona, I think is on the upper trajectory, but they still have a long way to go under Jed fish. And um, I think that Dorian Singer can find a better home. You know, it's capable of playing to the level of some of these elite programs in college football. And I think Oregon would be very, very smart to go after him. They recently offered him. uh, I think that was yesterday, Tuesday. So Oregon's in the mix there and a lot of other big time programs are coming into the fold for Dorian Singer. Another interesting target, I think that uh, could be under consideration uh, for Oregon in the transfer portal would be DJ Uyunglele, right? He's a name that Oregon fans are very, very familiar with. He entered the transfer portal recently after um, Kate Klubnick came in in the ACC championship game. And I think I bring him up because 
he's an experience, a guy with some experience, uh, you know, at the college level, right? If, if Bo Nix were to declare and uh, go to the NFL draft, I think DJU is definitely a guy that you could look at bringing in and adding to your roster. This is a guy that Oregon just absolutely pulled out all the stops for in high school. You know, they brought Marcus Mariota in. They brought, I think, Dennis Dixon in. They just pulled out all the stops and you know, really pulled out the red carpet for DJU when he was um, when he was uh, at St. John Bosco as a senior in the 2020 class. And then you also have the storyline that, uh, you know, Oregon's recruiting his younger brother, Mateo Uyengalule. Um, and uh, I think that maybe this could be, you know, some of the cards of pieces falling into place for Oregon, right? I'm of the belief that, uh, you know, uh, Mateo U, his younger brother, it looks like it's more of a USC, Ohio State battle there, but Georgia got in the picture late. We're going to be seeing Mateo taking an official visit out to Georgia in the near future. He's an early signee, early enrollee guy. Um, But in the case that DJU were to go to Oregon, I think it obviously helps their chances with Mateo tremendously. But I don't see DJ going to Oregon if Bo Nix remains at Oregon. So I think it's just a name worth touching on. I'm not saying that he's a major priority for Oregon right now, but I wanted to make sure I expressed that I don't think that DJU is an option at Oregon if Bo Nix decides to stay. Um, I think a lot of people have been talking about him going to UCLA possibly with Dorian Thompson Robinson no longer being at D, uh, at a UCLA. So you figure wherever DJU ends up, it's going to be someplace that he can start right away. But, uh, We'll have to see how quickly uh, a decision comes for DJ Uyunglele, uh, because we know that his brother Mateo is going to be deciding very, very soon. But just a couple names that are worth mentioning. Um, they also offered Oregon also offered Kyrie Jackson, the Alabama transfer cornerback. And like I said, with Christian Gonzalez going to the NFL draft, they need all the help they can get in that secondary. Man, my throat is just super dry. Sorry for all the pauses, folks. All right, we got another mailbag question that I think got asked in the comments. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and just talk about it now. This was the second question from Curtis Winkle. Curtis asks, what is the status of Dante Dowdell? Seems like Ole Miss is confident that he will flip. Yeah, there was a story that came out from Steve Wiltfong uh, over at 24-7 today during practices for the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. And I think the quote that I saw was that Dante said, um, you know, he still likes Old Miss and that he's like 55, 45 um, Oregon. But I'm here to tell you guys that um, I am not, there's nothing that I've heard that makes me think that Dante is wavering in his commitment at all. Carlos Lachlan, the Oregon running backs coach, was out in Mississippi to watch Dante last week um, against West Point when he won a, uh, a state title. Uh, with Picayune, uh, plugging my laptop here. Sorry, guys. Don't want my laptop dying on me. That would be very unfortunate midstream. But yeah, I think based on everything that I'm hearing and the people that I'm talking to that are close to that recruitment, uh, it looks like Dante Dowdell is still uh, solid in his commitment to Oregon. Um, but obviously, Ole Miss is making a push late down the stretch here. Um, it looks like Dante should be coming out to Oregon for his official visit this month. Um, and based on everything that I'm hearing and I'm told, it looks like that's going to be an early signee, an early signing uh, period, you know, deal with, uh, with, with Dante. So definitely important for them to keep him in the fold. And then he's an early enrollee guy. And man, that's a guy that I really wish I could have seen play in person during his senior year. Uh, I'm looking... Looking into going to the Adidas All-American Bowl uh, in early January, where I'll get to see some of the top commits in this Oregon 2023 recruiting class. So maybe I will get to see Dante after all, but we will have to see. So obviously there's going to be buzz for Ole Miss when you're recruiting a guy out of the state of Mississippi. I think that Mike Leach went in home with Dante Dowdell last week. So they're not going to give up Chase until the pen meets the paper and Dante is, you know, officially 
signed with Oregon. Um, but I think some of these schools too, they're, they're coming around late, right? Oregon was in on Dante Dowdell early. And I think that means a lot to, to kids, right? To recruits. And he had a massive senior season and that's kind of, that coincided with Ole Miss and, and Mississippi state showing more interest. So I'm not, I wouldn't be concerned if you're an Oregon fan right now about Dante Dowdell's commitment. That's the latest that I have to share with you. But on the topic of running backs, um, it looks like Oregon is doing everything they can to flip 2023 Notre Dame running back commit Jaden Lamar from the fighting Irish and, uh, Marcus Freeman. Um, so I think that that's another name that you have to follow here, right? He's a four-star guy, 19 reported offers according to his 247 profile. He's a, a guy from the Northwest, Lake Stevens, Washington to be exact. Um, so it looks like Oregon's doing what they can to try to try to flip uh, Jalen Lamar here and get another running back in the 2023 recruiting class. So I'm, I'm trying to do what I can to, to dig up a little bit more there um, with Jaden Lamar and that, um, that recruitment, but he's a big name to watch in the 2023 class for Oregon. I think I got to get out of here because I'm, I'm just not feeling well. And I know I'm going to keep coughing, but if you guys are still here on the show, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm trying to do more of these, get the recruiting uh, live streams up and, and keep all that recruiting content that you guys love coming out uh, as you know as often as I can. So if you guys are here on the live stream, do me a big favor and hit the like button and smash the subscribe button and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, your family, with other Duck fans. And make sure you lock in with me on Twitter at mtouristsports. That's where you can find the most recruiting the quickest recruiting updates for me um and i uh, definitely want to keep you guys in the loop ev- uh, on everything oregon recruiting with early signing period coming up very very soon but that'll do it for us on this episode of the ducks dish podcast thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode